It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Yeah, it's SportsX Radio coming away live on a Friday, a Friday football fiasco. Ken Thompson has some nuptials to attend this weekend, so it's uh, all the best to him and his lovely wife, uh, Christina, as they uh, take a Friday off. But uh, never fear, folks, because with SportsX Radio, you've got myself, Chris Wynn, here filling in, along with our illustrious producer slash co-host in Mark Hoke, host of the premier professional wrestling show here at K-Dawn on the weekends and streaming all over the Odyssey app, the Mark Hoke Show, Sundays, mornings, folks. Uh, so uh, never fear. You've got us uh, to be able to handle things, and it's a loaded slate. Right, I got Oak? you, babe. Oh, I got you, babe. They Quality tune we young and we don't from back know. in the day. And uh, there's Who no, was that? Who was it? Who sang it? Uh, Sonny and Cher. There right? you go. Good. There we go. Five points for Chris Wynn. Ding. Uh, there we go. But it's uh, all kinds of action going on, right, in the sports world. Of course, Mark Hoke, we've got uh, Game 1 of the World Series going down in, in, Tex- uh, in uh, Texas as the uh, Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks are in a battle. So far, uh, some scoring here early on. Both these pitchers, Zach Gallant and Nathan Navaldi, giving up some runs in this tilt as the Rangers took an early lead. And now the Diamondbacks have come back to take a 3-2 lead in this game. But uh, I fully expect it's going to be something that's back and forth, right, Mark? Yeah, you know, Chris, um, I, I feel bad because you came in Told me you were wrong again. It's not official yet. <laughs> don't take an under in this series. Just don't do it. Between between the Diamondbacks running around here like they're the Arizona Roadrunners, yeah. and the Rangers just bashing the ball here, they're they're hitting well already. Jeez, Zoo. no question there, about oh, it. There's going to be some. This is going to be a really entertaining World Series, to say the least. Isn't it textbook, Mark Hoke, that uh, C. Win comes in to host the sh- to co-host the show with you, and I already drop a loser on you, right? Yeah. I already, already drop already drop a uh, a bad pick from a sports handicapping standpoint. Right? Well, it's it's not a out of what, eight. What was it? What's the uh, what's the line, Chris? Uh, it's eight and a half right now. So, eight, so yeah, yeah, so it's uh, it's going to be dicey. Yeah, two runners uh, on second and third right now for yeah. Texas, bottom of the third. Loaded slate uh, in the NBA, NHL action as well, too. There are no more undefeated teams, Mark Hoke, in the NHL. The Vegas Golden Knights go down tonight, 3-2 to two the final here at T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. They lose to the Chicago Blackhawks in overtime. Uh, they will take on the uh, their Pacific Division rival, LA Kings, tomorrow night. So uh, the final remaining team that was undefeated in the NHL goes down, so... Uh, also, a uh, ton going on as far as uh, the NBA season, but uh, it's the top of the show, Mark Hoke, so let's get it rolling with the starting five. Now, the starting five, number one. He had an illustrious career as a player in Major League Baseball and uh, also as a manager, right, folks? As uh, Dusty Baker has decided to call it quits as the manager with the uh, Houston Astros. He's managed a number of teams, and he's... Uh, as a manager, he obviously has been someone who was on the doorstep for so many years, finally did finally capture that World Series title with his Houston Astros with that team, and uh, he has announced his retirement from managing. Now, it's not clear exactly 
if he's going to be leaving baseball altogether, Mark, uh, he's uh, made it made it clear that uh, he's probably not going to be managing anytime soon. And I don't know if he's going to maybe go into a front office somewhere if uh, if he is wanted or needed. But uh, had a solid playing career as well, too. A guy that uh, was actually in the on deck circle, I believe, right when when Hank Aaron hit the. Uh, his 714th home run. I, I believe, believe. I believe that's correct. Yeah, 19 year career as a player for Dusty, and then all those great teams he managed. You know, the Cubs, the Reds, the Nationals, the Giants. Before he ended up in Houston, and uh, 2,183 wins, seventh all time, and finally got the ring though, because that was the big bugaboo. Yeah, that was the big bugaboo, and he was able to do it last year, obviously, with, with the team that uh, he has managed as of late, that is the Houston Astros. So all the best to Dusty. We'll see what is next on the horizon for the uh, story player and manager. Number two. Chris, last night, my boys, my Sixers, had a little fun before they got on the plane. I don't know if you heard about that. Chris Harden, or James Harden, was told, you know, we think it would be best for everybody if you stayed home. You're not ready yet. You took 10 days off. So, you know, just hang out in Philly. He tried to get on the team charter. They wouldn't let him on, Chris. They wouldn't let him on. He was, this is kind of a clown show, is was, it, in the city of brotherly love? Come on now. How, how is? Let me ask you something, Mark. Yeah. How is there not communication between the team and the player? Regarding this type of scenario, how does this even happen, Marco? I bet Harden had his phone turned off. But anyway, <laughs> so the team went to Milwaukee last night without him and took a heartbreak one-point loss. They were down about 19 points early in that game, took the lead, and then Dame Lillard said, you know what, I feel like having the best debut of any Milwaukee Bucks player ever and drops 39 in the Take care of the Sixers, one eighteen, one seventeen. So, pretty, uh, pretty good uh, showing for uh, Dean Lillard. But also, I got to say this: the Sixers, man, going on the road without Harden, lose by one in Milwaukee. That may be a good sign. Maxi put up thirty one. Obrey, Obrey Junior, I think had twenty six and Embiid twenty four. I can live with that. Number three. Of course, uh, the news coming out of Maine, Lewiston, Maine, specifically here this last week. Tragic news as the uh, mass shooting takes place. We now have a a couple dozen now killed and numerous injured, of course. uh, And the killer's still at large, by the way. And uh, the Boston Celtics have to give it to them without question as they acknowledge the victims of this week's mass shooting in Lewiston. Boston players wore the warm-ups of their NBA G League affiliate, the Maine Celtics, Mark. The Celtics also donned a band on their jerseys in honor of the state as it recovers after the shooter. Uh, up to this point, uh, I believe the, the tally is up to 18 people killed and 13 wounded at a bowling alley and also a bar up there as well, too. The jersey band simply read Maine, placed above their their sponsored logo patch there for their season opener. So bravo to the Boston Celtics acknowledging the victims of their uh, G League affiliate there yeah, in, in that area. Let's hope this situation gets resolved quickly. Yes. It's a little scary. Number four. Chris, I got one you're going to appreciate. I know you're a Sparty guy, right? Oh, absolutely. You love your Sparty. He's Lansing through and through. Yeah. Well, let's head over to Michigan, shall we? Let's do this. Over to the U. (laughs) 
Now, of course, we all know about this little scandal that's been going on where the University of Michigan had a dude that was going to games and filming and trying to steal everybody's signals last and started last year. Well, TCU, Chris, when they played Michigan, apparently found out about it, which is awesome. Awesome. So what ended up happening, there was a the inter, Yahoo Sports interviewed uh, anonymously a TCU coach who said somewhere, uh, sometimes we froze before, froze a play before the snap. We call a play and then we'd signal in another play with an old signal, but we told players to run the original play. TCU never trailed in that game and ended up winning that one 51 to 45. So the game plan backfired <laughs> on the boys in blue. <laughs> Here's the thing, man. And I'm kind of torn a little bit, Mark, when it comes to the story because I've, you know, heard reports back and forth from players, former coaches. That this is, I mean, there is kind of a witch hunt element to this, maybe, when it comes to the University of Michigan, right? And that there are other schools that have absolutely kind of dabbled in this type of thing. In oh, the past. of course. So that's why I'm, I, that's why I'm kind of on the fence, right? I'm kind of like, ah, is it a big deal? Not really, but you do acknowledge that they are. I mean, I guess you have to acknowledge, right? Because if the NCAA is getting involved, then then you know. Uh, that that must mean there's some there's some element to this that's actually serious, but I, I find it hard just to take it that way, Mark. Why would you put the dude on the payroll? That's the yeah. thing. Uh, and I'm trying to I forgot the guy's name. That's terrible because I was actually doing that story for my sports report on the bet. Uh, where, where what is his name? I'm blanking. You're talking about the U of M staffer? Yeah, it was uh, Connor Stallions. What a great yeah, name, by sta- the way. yeah. Connor why would Stallions. why would you put him on the payroll? Now you're just you're just saying, hey, guess what? <laughs> here's our here's our master cheater, and now we're gonna pay him. Come on, hey, as smart. a fellow former Division three player, Mark Hoke, you know, I got, maybe maybe I'm siding with Stallings a little bit here, right? Yeah, you know, oh, former coach and player at the D three level, Miami State. I gave you a Math chance, tech, to, sir. I gave you a chance to bury the Wolverines, and you wouldn't do it. I was, Shame I on was you. thinking about it too. Yeah, unbelievable. Let's go. To, let's move on. Number five. The 2023 edition of the Fall Classic underway, Mark Hoke, and it features two teams. Uh, one that has never won the World Series, obviously. We're talking about the Texas Rangers and one. The last time they won, of course, was that 2001 team. Are you having visions of Luis Gonzalez and the big oh, unit, Mark Hoke, night. back in 2000? Hey, hey, all of us that are not New York Yankee fans are, you know, have very fond memories of that series that took place. But that was a long time ago. You're talking about 22 years ago. So storylines plenty, right, Mark, as we take a look at uh, the World Series, which is now tied 3-3 as the Rangers have evened things up 3-3 in Game 1. But uh, you want to talk about themes when it comes to these two teams. A lot, Look, a lot of us that uh, follow baseball, either fans or analysts or talking heads, didn't necessarily expect the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks to be in this fall classic, and that's exactly what it has uh, turned out to be. Oh, wish I'd had bet on both these teams at the start <laughs> of the season. But you know what I care about most in this World Series so far, Chris? Marte stole a base. We all get a free taco. The Everybody gets a free taco. Wait, time out. Free taco. That's not just an Arizona thing? No. Or that's not ju- that's, that's nationwide, brother. It? Wow. Everyone gets a taco. Somebody's taking out of the chin there's, there. There's a taco day. There's a Well, Taco Bell does that every year. Okay. Somebody steals a base. Steal a base, get a taco. So thank you, Mr. Marte. I still can't believe Kyle Schwarber was the one last year that got us the free taco. Schwarber <laughs> was the first stolen base of the World Series last season. So 
Yeah, so tacos for all. And that's the starting five on your Friday football fiasco live from the PSBR Law Studios. Chris Wynn and Mark Hoke in for Ken Thompson as we get you set for your weekend. We've been talking, of course, uh, about the loaded sports slate that's on, that's on the way. We've, and we've been talking about my already picked loser that I'm already predicting when it comes to the World Series. But we, we've got some guests, Mark Hoke. We've got some guests. Oh, yeah. That has some solid picks across the board. Of course, uh, Chris Nowinski is going to join us from Megalox, founder of Megalox. Also, uh, John Cole, uh, host of a podcast as well as uh, with, uh, with BCCS Sports, will join us as well, too, along with uh, our guy, uh, Jonathan uh, Sasowski. Uh, from right here in Las Vegas, uh, is wired in on all things college football and the NFL as well. So we're going to break down some gridiron action across the board, right, Mark? And uh, there's plenty of it to talk about, both on the uh, from a college standpoint and, of course, the NFL. Yeah, and God, I hope I hope I do better than I did last week. Did you hear about that disaster? Well, it was. Look, I got to be honest with you. It was bru- It was tough sledding for everybody. On Sunday, when it yeah, came but, to the NFL, <laughs> I and uh, look, I'll pat myself on the back a little bit, Mark. Uh, I had a pretty solid college football Saturday. I was five and zero on go. Saturday, but uh, it all went down the drain, my friend. When I went to the window <laughs> on Sunday, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed, right at about eight thirty a.m. as I moseyed out over to my favorite window uh, at Arizona Charlie's, and it was uh, it was just brutal, my friend. As uh, I mean, not only were there, you know, upsets aplenty across the board, but the teams just weren't covering, or I was on the wrong side of teams that were expected to upset. I went 1-11. and 1-11. and 11. But the one I got right was the Phillies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like how you play a game on the prices, right? You see somebody playing a game. Oh, there's a baseball that just got hit really far, by the way. Uh, looks like And it's fam- really far and gone. Home run for Arizona, 4-3 now. So fam, Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham. Going deep. Goes yard. Jeez, this game's going to be. This, this He's doing the chest pump this. as he rolls around the bases, my friend. As uh, Look, I, I, I can't. What am I doing, Mark? What am I thinking? Yeah, just I'm under. Under in this tilt. God, why didn't you call me? It's questionable. You should have texted me. Not a good move. But anyway, the one game that I hit. You know, it's like on the prices, right, when they're, they're playing the games, you know, where you have like four different things you can win. Mm-hmm. And you just totally butcher the game, but you get one chance, and you hit the car. Yeah, I hit the car because I picked the Philadelphia Eagles on the point, took the points against Miami, and it was beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. So if I'm going to lose eleven games, I'm fine. But if I get that one, joy to the world, brother. It's a Friday football fiasco. Chris Wynn, Marco, coming away live from Vegas here on KDOD. We'll take our first break. When we come back, Chris Wynn is going to join us. Megalox, he's going to break down all things. A lot of matchups that are intriguing as all get out when it comes to college football. You've got the biggest outdoor cocktail party going down, Mark, between Georgia and Florida. And, of course, uh, all kinds of action uh, coast to coast in the, in the world of pigskin on the college side. It is the it is Sports Radio coming live here, 101.5 FM K-Don Las Vegas, and find us all over the World Wide Web streaming on the Odyssey app. He looks around, around, he sees angels in the architecture, spinning in infinity, he says, Amen, hallelujah, if you would be my bodyguard.
Radio coming live on a Friday football fiasco. Chris Wynn, Mark Hoke in for Ken Thompson. Can't go wrong, right, with a little Paul Simon coming out of the break there. Funny story about that song, by the way. So what do you got going on? Talk to me. I, I was watching a video, and I heard I never knew the origins of You Can Call Me Al. Paul Simon and his wife went to some party in New York, and the guy who was the host kept misintroducing him and his wife. Really? Yeah, he called him. He called him Alan Betty. Oh, <laughs> so eventually, he wrote a song about it. I just always thought it was like kind of a funky, cool song. Back, uh, I believe that song came out right around my senior year of high school. Yeah, that, if I'm not mistaken, 1989 ish, 88 ish, right? In 88, somewhere in 90, somewhere in there. But yeah, the Graceland album, the one that saved his career. Yeah, we're coming to you live from the PSBR Law Studios. Chris Wynn and Mark Hoke, and somebody that we're not going to call Al. Of course, is our next guest, Chris Winsky, is going to join us here. Founder of Megalocks as uh, we get set for a loaded-up college football slate. Chris, it's always good for you to join us. How are you, my friend? I'm doing pretty great. Uh, thanks uh, thanks for having me on, Chris, and great to talk to you. And uh, everyone's getting excited about a whole bunch of different sports starting up in the World Series, and I'm just excited because uh, we got midweek action coming. No question about it, right? Uh, it, it seems to me, this seems kind of a late start for it, right? Because uh, usually I just kind of expected it right out of the gate that we're going to get these Tuesday night tilts, right, on national television where I could get to see in the, a little Western Michigan, Central Michigan matchup, right? And uh, oh, uh, oh, yeah, those gross weather games, too. It's not <laughs> snow and it's not rain. It's a mix and it's just awful. And the over-under is 35. It's great, though. Yeah, no doubt about it, right? But we do have some uh, intriguing matchups, uh, to say the least, right, when it comes to college football this weekend. Uh, not a whole lot as far as, like, top 25 matchups head-to-head, but when you're talking about conference matchups in which you've got some single-digit favorites, right, of teams that are either heading on the road or t- taking on, you know, possible upstarts, there's uh, all kinds of storylines when it comes to the gridiron in college football that are going to be intriguing this weekend, Chris. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, uh, well, any college football weekend's a good one. And uh, for sure, uh, well, Florida, Georgia, I've been waiting for that one for a while. And uh, so I'm sure we'll get into that game. But uh, November around the corner, there's going to be a lot of more big games to come. No question about it. Let's jump right into it uh, and jump out to the ACC, a matchup. uh, They call it the Textile Bowl, my friend, obviously. And I'm talking about NC State and Clemson as uh, the Tigers travel to Carter-Finley Stadium to take on the Wolfpack this weekend. Uh, both these teams, identical records, uh, with Clemson entering uh, Saturday as, as, a, as a decent favorite in this football game. And you look at the total sitting at 43-and-a-half in this one. And uh, look, if, uh, if, you're, if you're talking about NC State, right, M.J. Morris is going to take the helm at quarterback, uh, hasn't exactly been electrified, to say the least, with uh, you know just over 450 yards passing and about four touchdowns. But uh, it's, this is a, a matchup that uh, has not exactly uh, looked like a cakewalk for Clemson, Chris. Yeah, well, the thing with Clemson, I, I, like, I do like this spot quite a bit for NC State coming off a bye, and like you said, MJ Morris, I mean, he hasn't looked great, but he certainly got more upside than uh, Brendan Armstrong, who is just basically short passes and running up the middle. Um, Clemson, they've, they've lost three ACC games already, and you can always point to every game they lost with mistakes. Duke, Miami, Florida State, they could have, would have, should have, but that's just, that's just who they are, and they're not very explosive on offense. So I just think laying 10 points in this spot, and they got Notre Dame up next, uh, I, I think I'm going to roll with the Wolfpack this week. 
Sticking to the ACC, a matchup with uh, the Florida State Seminoles taking on Wake Forest there in Winston-Salem. Obviously, Florida State uh, uh, was actually trailing in the third quarter last week against Duke. And Chris, full disclosure, and Mark as well, I was on Florida State in this game last week and thought that uh, I was just uh, might as well rip my ticket up. And then what happens? The Seminoles score 21 points in the fourth quarter and end up not only winning that football game, but covering. Now they take on Wake Forest. Obviously, Jordan Travis has had a, uh, a stellar year from a statistical standpoint. Uh, he has just been uh, electrifying as all get out. But uh, your thoughts, uh, Chris, when it comes to uh, the Seminoles taking on the Demon Deacons coming up tomorrow? Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't have this one on the on the hit list, but um, okay. I certainly think that Florida State is. I haven't made a play on this game yet. Okay. I'm. They've been kind of. I mean, they've. You think about the game against Boston College on the road, uh, and they had. You know, they were losing after three quarters against Duke, like you said, with a with a Riley Leonard that wasn't at a hundred percent. I, regardless of Wake Forest QB situation, I would, uh, I just really can't see a way to go with this. Um, so I haven't, uh, I haven't made a play on that game. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on and stick in this in the same neighborhood as you got Troy, uh, in a matchup also as well too. You got two teams, uh, really with strengths against each other, right? You got a, a highly potent scoring offense on one side, and then you got a highly po- a potent scoring defense on the other side in this matchup between these two football teams. So uh, taking a look at it, right, I'm not going to sit here and act, uh, act like I'm going to wax poetic and know all things, uh, you know, Trojan football, Chris, but uh, what do you think about this tilt between these two teams with, you know, uh, two strengths going up against each other? Yeah, the battle of uh, epic offense uh, in the Sun Belt, at least, with Texas State against defense. I'm going to roll with the defense, um, and as good as Texas State has looked on offense, and they have um, – I've watched quite a bit of their their football. They have lots of dry spells, like a quarter at a time. Um, they're almost dead last, I think 125th in terms of fumbled loss. So they're always shooting themselves in the foot. Troy is, seems to be hitting their stride, and they've beaten their last three opponents 84 to 10. Um, the line's been moving up a touch, but I think anything, you know, a touchdown or less, I still like the Trojans. Bouncing out here to the west, and uh, by the way, we're joined by Chris Wawenski, founder of Megalox here on SportsX Radio. It's a Friday football fiasco. Chris Wynn and Mark Hoke on the call as we got all kinds of college football action going down. Matchup in the Mountain West, right? Is the uh, lone team that is ranked playing this week in the Mountain West. I'm talking, of course, about the Air Force Falcons. They take on Colorado State. The Rams uh, taking on the chin against UNLV last week here in a game that was kind of a back-and-forth field goal fest at the end of the game as the Rebels were able to win that one and be bowl eligible. Uh, now they face uh, you know, one, one of the more uh, tough teams to deal with, especially when it comes to the ground game in the Air Force Falcons. Uh, your thoughts as Air Force takes on Colorado State? Well, I, I'm, I'm certainly, full disclosure, I'm pulling uh, no wagers or anything. I'm pulling for Air Force to just run the table, and I'd love to see them you know, get a, a, a good bowl bid with an undefeated record. Um, Colorado State, I mean, I like this spot for them. It's a service academy sandwich game for Air Force uh, off of Navy and Army next week. It's an in-state uh, rivalry. Um, Colorado State's also, also covered four straight as underdogs this year after they uh, got blown out in their first underdog spot in their opener. Um, the only thing that worries me a bit is I've been looking at the weather. It looks like it might be a bit nasty, although that's probably going to be most of the nasty weather will be after the game is over. But so that would obviously favor Air Force if you know if there's a bit of wind, uh, a little bit of snow flurries, etc. But I think 14 points is a bit too much, so I'll take the Rams. 
The largest uh, outdoor cocktail party, Chris. Uh, I've had a chance. <laughs> yes, I've had a chance to uh, cover that. I was down in Orlando for uh, you know almost a decade and had a chance to cover that game multiple times in Jacksonville. Obviously, when you're talking about Georgia, you're talking about one of the best teams, a national championship contender in the SEC. And Florida is looking to kind of spoil that party at the largest outdoor cocktail party uh a big a big news out of this game obviously is is Bowers being injured on in, with when with respect to the Bulldogs but uh do you see this maybe panning out as a situation where the Florida Gators could uh could shock some people and uh and end up on the winning end of this tilt between the uh Bulldogs and the Gators yeah, this, is, this isn't a, 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 a quote-unquote fate of Georgia, but, I mean, they've shown this year so far that they're they're not invincible. They had close calls against very mediocre South Carolina and Auburn teams. Uh, and, yeah, they blew Kentucky, but the Wildcats, they were like the Philadelphia Flyers in that game, taking so many dumb penalties. Um, Georgia's played a very weak schedule, and this is going to be their toughest game yet. And I really, as you pointed out, Brock Bowers is out, I think. You know, they can yep. overcome that. I'm not too worried. But the wide receiver group is, is very talented, but they're still unproven. Uh, they lack explosiveness uh, at running backs. So I just think Florida, the way they're playing on offense, Graham Mertz, 77% completion percentage, 12 to 2 uh, touchdown interception mark. I think they, both teams are top six in time of possession. So I think Florida can play a little bit of keep away. They're relatively low total. So I think I'm going to go with the Gators here. Matchup of the Big Ten in Madison as the Badgers get set to host the Ohio State Buckeyes, the 7-0 Buckeyes, the number three team in the country. Ohio State, a two-touchdown and a hook favorite in this tilt. The Buckeyes lead this series 27-11-2 to in the series. Uh, this is a Buckeye team uh, seeking to remain unbeaten as it continues its playoff pursuit. Uh, your thoughts as uh, Wisconsin uh, takes on uh, a undefeated Ohio State team in Wisconsin? This is it, yeah. Like this is uh, another one that's a little bit gross, but I mean Wisconsin um, catching more than two touchdowns, uh, low total again at night. I'm not really a crowd will be rocking guy and always taking the you know the late night home dogs, but this could be this is going to be a tough spot because Ohio State has been one dimensional in their last four games: uh, 128 yards rushing, 62, 150, 79. So uh, Wisconsin can still run the ball with Braylon Allen. And I'm not so sure that they don't have an upgrade with their backup quarterback coming in. So catching 14 and a half or so, I think I'm going to hope that Bucky can at least keep it competitive heading into the fourth quarter. South Carolina, Texas A&M, a matchup uh, that's going to be fun to watch as well, too. Uh, two teams uh, d- just looking to get a W, basically, right? And uh, this is a, a Texas A&M team uh, that, that is tough to play at home. Uh, Got to get your thoughts and uh, what you think is going to go down between these two squads. Well, this is, um, I mean, the line's kind of a runaway train now. It was at 14, which I thought would be the, the high point. It's uh, steaming up 16 and a half, 17. I'd like to think that uh, I do like Texas A&M, and it's just Carolina's uh, offensive line is an absolute mess, and they're last in the SEC in tackles for loss allowed. Meanwhile, they're playing Texas A&M, uh-oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> number one in tackles for loss and number one in sacks in the SEC. So I just, as, as well as Spencer Rattler has played uh, at quarterback for Carolina, I just don't see him having a heck of a lot of time. And their defense is just a sieve. So I, I think this could be a get-right spot for Texas A&M off a of bye, and I think they should be able to handle them quite easily. you got a matchup in, uh, in Arizona as Arizona State is at home sitting at 1-6 in this game against Washington State, but uh, the Sun Devils still just a 
a five and a half point dog in this tilt. Uh, talk to me, Chris. Uh, why is uh, this line so short when you take a look at the Cougars? Uh, you know, as a four and three football team, look, I'm not going to sit here and and say that they're you know uh, you know one of the premier teams in the country, especially you know as uh, we wind down the Pac-12 as far as their existence. But uh, I mean, I got to get your take as far as the Cougars and the Sun Devils in this matchup. Well, that's a great question. Uh, I li- I do like the dog, and I think um, people are starting to catch up with Arizona State. I mean, the first two, three, even four games of the year, they were so banged up on the offensive line. Didn't have they weren't set at quarterback. Right now, like they've played four really good games in a row against USC, Cal, Colorado. They outgained the Huskies last week, and I watched most of that game, and they didn't allow Washington to score an offensive touchdown last week. So the defense, they're playing, they're playing with a lot of confidence. And actually, the, it's, I don't usually use this, but the eye test for Arizona State, too, on offense, they just seem to know what they're doing. They look really confident. I like the play calling. Washington State's been collapsing, losing to UCLA, got destroyed by Arizona. And, yeah, they put up some – garbage points and yards against Oregon, but I think these are two teams going in different directions, so uh, give me the home dog. Louisiana Lafayette uh, is is on the field as well, too, this weekend. Uh, again, Chris, I, you know, look, I, I try to do a little bit of uh, background on some of these teams, but I got to admit, like it is a it, it's a struggle at times, right? When you're uh, when you're someone like me who's a Big Ten guy, and you know, look, I, I'm I, I'm gonna I'll say it flat out, I'm not KT, right? I'm not even Mark Hoke when it comes to uh, hardcore. But uh, your thoughts on this matchup as uh, as they take the field this weekend? Yeah, well, um, this is another. This is a case where I really like the Jags. Uh, the Jags, I think, are coming around. Um, I do like them to, to take down Louisiana quite comfortably. Um, the problem with the Cajuns is that if they can't run traditionally, which they won't, like last week they couldn't run against Georgia State, and they're not going to be able to run against South Alabama, all they have on offense is Zion Chris, their quarterback, who's incredibly mobile. Um, but that just didn't work last week, and they've got no defense. South Alabama's won the last two games, 110 to 10. They were against trash cans, but I still think again, two teams going in uh, slightly opposite directions, and uh, so I'll go with the I'll go with the home favorite. And you got a matchup, of course, also uh, back to the ACC in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. As Boston College gets set to take on UConn. UConn, another one and six team. The uh, the Boston Boston College Eagles sitting at four and three. Uh, when you talk about BC, you're talking obviously about Castellanos. The guy does it all. Not only does he uh, you know throw the football, uh, he also uh, carries the football as well too. Is uh, their leading rusher as well as uh, a quarterback that uh, is a dual threat. You love what Bond can do from the wide receiver position. But uh, what do you think about this tilt as uh, BC again uh, another uh, couple of touchdown and hook favorite at home against the Huskies. I'm hoping this is going to be another big win for BC. I mean, UConn season is over. They're one in six now, and I, I expected more from them this year. And they have been competitive at times, but their season it's it's over, and they still got road games with Tennessee and James Madison to come. Um, last year they were a lot more effective at running the football. They were in the top 35 in rushing offense. This year they're 83rd. Uh, and they just don't have a quarterback that can uh, throw the ball down the field. Their defense is is not very good at all, and BC's rushed for over 300 yards in back-to-back games. They also lost to UConn last year, so this is a revenge spot as well for Boston College. So I don't anticipate them overlooking UConn, even though it's a non-conference game. Datchew Stadium is the site in Denton, Texas, as uh, North Texas gets set to take on Memphis 
in an American uh, Conference matchup. Hennigan, a guy that uh, you know, 15 touchdowns on the season to go along with seven picks, uh, almost 1,900 yards passing for him. And uh, if you're Memphis, you'd love what you get from Watson on the ground as well, too. Uh, if you're looking over at uh, North Texas, uh, this is a team that relies heavily on Macklin at the wide receiver position as far as uh, getting into the end zone and uh, and through the air as well, too. You look at Memphis, uh, a touchdown favor in this one. Uh, expect some points, right, uh, in this matchup down in Texas, Chris, because uh, right now the, the line's sitting at 68, and it, it possibly could uh, – I could absolutely see it going over, right? Yeah, well, I, I think there's going to be a ton of points, and uh, I also think North Texas will be able to hang around um, – catching a touchdown these two teams i don't think are that far apart and and like you mentioned with uh hennigan he's been you know he's he's one of the best quarterbacks in the conference but he does have quite a few picks chandler rogers on the other hand for north texas one interception all year 14 touchdowns uh he's very mobile uh they got a bruising ground game and memphis is uh i think 10th or 11th in the conference and run defense and uh memphis is a much better team at home than they are on the road uh, and last but not least, don't forget North Texas. They were tied with Tulane late in the game last week after falling behind. So I, I think North Texas is definitely this line looks a bit a, a bit rich to me. So I'll go with the I'll go with the home dog once again. Chris Wierenski joining us here live, founder of Megalox. Chris Wynn, Mark Hoke here on a Friday football fiasco in Oak. Uh, look, I, and taking a look overall, right, as far as the slate this weekend, uh, as I mentioned, right, there's not a lot of top 25 matchups. You've got a couple around the country floating around. But, uh, Mark, there, there are opportunities, I guess is the way I'll put it, right, for teams that aren't even ranked to actually pull off some upsets of some ranked teams that are looking for uh, – with, with playoff aspirations. Yeah, you know, one, one team that I'm really curious to see is Air Force. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're they pretty good shot that they're going to run the table. You know, but they really haven't played anybody. So – you know, but in, with the chaos that could be happening at the top, I mean, we who knows how many teams are going to get through with one or two losses, you know, in the top ten by the time this is all over because you know it's just a train wreck this season. Boy, you gotta wonder, Chris. You gotta wonder, can they find their way? Could, World, is World it, Series update, by the way, guys. It's still four three. The Arizona Diamondbacks on top of the Texas Rangers in Game One of the World Series. So. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you were listening to the first segment, but uh, I was bouncing off Mark that uh, I'm on the under in this baseball game, so it's not sitting pretty for me right now when it comes <laughs> to uh, World Series action. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, uh, yeah, I was telling Mark earlier. I just can't get my head around Arizona being in the World Series. I mean, great for them, but with all these, with all the a lot of the the big name teams uh, falling to pieces, this is quite the intriguing matchup. And uh, Texas might actually get their World Series. Chris Wenske joining us here live on a Friday football fiasco here on Sports Extra. Let's take our second break. When we come back, I want to bounce a couple of uh, storylines when it comes to college football off of Chris and uh, maybe t- look at a couple other games. I understand. Look, I, uh, we know we, it's not on the uh, rundown that we tossed to you, Chris, but still uh, I want to get your thoughts as far as uh, a couple things around, around the board. But uh, Sports Extra Radio coming live on a Friday. Chris Wynn, Mark Hoke coming your way from 101.5 FM and streaming on the worldwide app at odyssey.com. It is... Uh, K Don, Las Vegas. Friday 
Friday football fiasco coming right live here. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM streaming on the Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Catch all things SportsX Radio. And also catch the Mark Hoke Show. Also Sunday mornings, 8 to 9 a.m. 8 to 10. Or excuse me, 8 to 10 a.m. Come on, Chris. Windows sell me it short. Up big time. Sold you short by an hour there. They the don't premier. Want, they need to give me. Premier. They need to give me all the Sunday morning. You know why? Why? Because number one, our ratings are awesome. Well, number two goes Dave, without saying. David yes. Difference and I you know, do a pretty darn good show. We have a lot of fun. Absolutely. And we're joined live by Chris Wensky, founder of Megalox, here talking some college football as we have a loaded up slate coming up this weekend as uh, matchups across the board, conference matchups, also some uh, matchups between top 25 teams as well, too. And Chris, we kind of just, I, I kind of blew by there, right? I flew through all of the matchups that, uh, that we were set up to, uh, to kind of preview. But I wanted to get your takes on a couple of topics when it comes to college football because uh, obviously the Michigan Wolverines are in the news because of uh, this uh, situation regarding uh, alleged cheating right as far as uh, and uh, the investigation and uh, about uh, what went down you got this you know suspended football staffer Connor Stallions uh, allegedly compensated uh, at least one person for recording future Wolverine opponents and uh, hooked him up with a couple hundred bones, a ticket to a Michigan home game, uh, and apparently attended three Big Ten games during the past two years to record sidelines of future Michigan opponents, which is a no-no in the NCAA, as far as uh, it's against NCAA rules for staff members of a football program to kind of scout games, right, for future opponents in person. And i got to say, look, myself, I, and I talked about this with Mark at the top of the show, uh, you know, I'm kind of you know, I'm kind of lukewarm on this because I anticipate after listening to you know former college football players, coaches over the past couple of weeks after you know this whole thing kind of broke out that uh, I'm not going to say it's commonplace, but I think it's been understood that it's happened before. There's been descriptions of you know uh, officials, not even officials, just people you know going to spring games and uh recording things right and there's been uh ways to uh to document certain things across the board so is this something that uh she, do you, I, mean, I got a Chris Wensky's take is this something you think that should be a big deal or is this something that uh is is a target on the back that's all things Michigan Wolverines well, I'll kind of sit on the fence, but not really. I do have uh, one thing to say about it. But generally speaking, I think the funniest thing is that if you go on the message boards for Michigan and Ohio State, oh, my goodness, it is hilarious. Because on the one hand, you have, all oh, the worst thing ever, death penalty like SMU. And then the other hand, and then you go to the Michigan board. What's the big deal? Everyone does it. Um, I just, I'm kind of the guy, I always like to wait to see when all the facts come out. And let's just see you know, exactly what's real and what isn't. Because every all these stories, I don't even, they're so comical, I don't, I don't even know if I can believe them. I think the big, the big takeaway for me is the potential damage to Michigan's brand. And sure, maybe some uh, high, you know, high school kids, maybe they don't really care and that whatnot. But just sort of the national perception of Michigan, I think, is kind of the bigger thing. Like, regardless, there, there is something there, right? And so, and whether or not other teams are doing it, for whatever reason, Michigan got caught, and they're the ones doing it. So, I think that's kind of the underrated storyline here, so we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, this is going to be a mess, but, you know, I, they just got caught. I, I'm yeah. sure everybody's doing it, so that's it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, we'll find out. But, you know, I had a very interesting question. We talk about the top teams all the time, mm-hmm. right? One thing that I like to do, I have a little three-minute piece I do on our sister station, The Bet, and I've had to follow this situation with Nevada being the number one team in 
CBSSports.com's bottom 25. <laughs> they have been there the whole season until last week when they pulled off their 6-0 win against San Diego State. They are now third. They've got Kent State, uh, Southern Miss, and then Nevada. Who is to you? I mean, if you had to pick the worst team in the FBS right now, give me one. Or, give me one or two or three, maybe. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, I, it, it just pains me to do it because I love the Mac so much. Um, I think. I think. I mean, Kent State probably would be would be my choice. Uh, just off the top of my head, Eastern Michigan is horrible on offense, and uh, they haven't played anyone, and they've been outgained by every opponent this year. So, again, it's another MAC team, and they're probably, I mean, if they went right now and they played on a neutral site against Nevada, I don't know, I'd probably go with Nevada because they hung with Kansas and they just shut out San Diego State. So, I hate to say it, and I hope no one's <laughs> going to hold me hold it against me because I like the MAC so much, but I think there's some pretty rotten teams in the MAC. And I'll go opposite here, right, too, Mark, and uh, talking about the best teams in the country, right? Right now you're looking at eight teams undefeated in the top 25. Uh, we, we talked about uh, Air Force a little bit, right, in the, in the last segment, uh, sitting there at uh, basically number 19 in the country, right around 19, uh, 20 in the country at 7-0. and 0. I don't think they're going to get the respect, right, or the, the acknowledgement if they end up, even if they do run the table, as far as, uh, as far having a real playoff chance, right, right, guys? And then, of course, all due respect to James Madison. I mean, okay, it's James Madison. And, uh, you know, hey, they're hey, sitting hey, at 25. Hey, hey. You hey, know what I'm saying. Hey, but keep Mark, their name out you of their know the direction I'm going here. I you know, but man, don't saying. bash don't bash James Madison. I have a lot of respect for those guys. Absolutely. So, and but the question It's a shame they can't go to a bowl. It then I'm going to fire uh, Megalox's way, Chris Chris Verinsky here. <laughs> is look, we understand Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, probably you know, and uh, you can even throw Washington in there, and possibly Oklahoma. But what do you think, Chris, is uh, going to pose? the biggest threat from those middle teams. I'm talking about those one-loss teams from across the board, whether it's, you know, a Texas Longhorns or an Oregon or, a, you know, or a Penn State or, uh, or even a Utah. Out of these teams that are in that, that middle, you know, 7 to 15 range, who do you think is, uh, is going to be a, a real threat to the big dogs as far as uh, the playoff is concerned? Well, that's a good question. Well, I talked a bit about LSU last week if they ran the table. I won't go there this time, but, I mean, Oklahoma, Texas. I mean, Oklahoma runs the table, and then their only loss is to Texas, and you've got two one-loss Big 12 teams. I'm sorry about Michigan again, but if Michigan somehow loses to Ohio State, I mean, I don't think two Big 10 teams should get in. I mean, Michigan's basically playing a max schedule (laughs) this year so far. So, um, yeah, they're destroying everyone, but – I would say, you know, I think the Big 12 is going to get sneak a team in there. I mean, if Florida State runs, the, the ACC is looking weaker and weaker as far as the teams below Florida State. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I still think there's, you know, you t- I don't think there's going to be two Big 10 teams in this year. And I think Georgia's a lock. So, uh, and hey, Oregon, I still think well, just from a, a power rating perspective, I would take Oregon on a neutral field pretty much against anybody other than Georgia. Fascinating discussion from with Chris Wenske here with Mark Hoke and Chris Wynn. Chris, we really appreciate your time. We're up against it. Hey, have a great weekend, sir. We will talk to you again soon. We appreciate the time. Thanks so much, guys. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Chris. Chris Wenske, Megalocks. Find his stuff all over social media across the board when it comes to college pigskin, Mark. Yep, megalocks.co. There it is. It's SportsX Radio coming away live on a Friday football fiasco. Hour number one in the books. Hour two. On the way, John Cole's going to join us along with uh, Jonathan Sosowski as well, too. 
Much more on the way on your Friday here, 101.5 on the FM side and streaming on the Odyssey app. It is KDON Las Vegas. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Yeah, hour number two of the Friday football fiasco coming away live from fabulous Las Vegas here on SportsX Radio. KDON 101.5 on the FM side and streaming on the Odyssey app worldwide. Kem Thompson off for the weekend. He's He and his lovely wife, Christina, going to a wedding. So we're holding down the fort. It's Mark Hoke, host of the Mark Hoke Show, as well as Chris Wynn here live in studio as uh, we have... The game one of the World Series going down right now. The Arizona Dimebacks on top of the Texas Rangers 5-3 as they go to the top of the sixth there in that one. Plenty of uh, NHL action, NBA action across the board as well, too. And uh, we have uh, had some excellent guests as well, too, on this Friday. Just uh, wrapped up things with Chris Winsky from Megalox, and we'll be joining John Cole uh, a podcast host and uh, tremendous when it comes to handicapping as well, too. And then Jonathan Sosowski is going to join us later on in the show as we break down all things across the board in the NFL and college football, Mark Hoke. So uh, plenty to get to here in hour number two. The Diamondbacks are fast. They are very quick. I don't know if 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 you haven't watched them very much. And to be honest with you, I haven't watched many of their games. But good Lord, these guys can fly. Speed I mean, aplenty. And you know what? You can't teach speed, and speed kills, my friend. It's just difficult <laughs> so, to deal with. So they say. Yeah. But, yeah, it's been and it's been on display tonight. I mean, you know, just uh, another guy beat one out here. I didn't. I, I was doing my business, but, geez, Zoo. I mean, this is going to be hard to deal with. And you know what shouldn't be hard to deal with, Marco? What's is, that? Uh, dealing with your health, and your health and the health of those you love have never been more important. It's on our minds, folks. So get peace of mind when you visit Preventive Diagnostic Center. They have the only scanner of its kind in the region that gives early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart and lung disease. Call Preventive Diagnostic Center now to schedule your free educational consultation at 702-534-7900 and tell them KT, Ken Thompson, from SportsX Radio sent you. He did a scan, and he's glad he did it. He got information on his heart and overall health that he never would have known. The comfortable scan only took minutes, and he got a detailed report from board-certified radiologist. Another great thing, too, Mark Hoke, if you have a spouse or a significant other, they are completely free. Go as a couple. Take the one you love to get answers before there are signs and symptoms. You'll both get a heart CT scan and a calcium score for only 125 bucks. That's $600 value per person for only $125. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind when you take charge of your health. Call Preventive Diagnostic Center now, 702-534-7900. That's 702-534-7900. It's a Friday football fiasco. We've got game one of the World Series. All kinds of pucks action. And hoops action going down. And uh, college football is going down hardcore in a matter of hours, folks, as uh, kickoffs all over the country uh, of consequence will be 
going down, Mark. And uh, we'll be have our eyes pinned as well, too, on all that action. But uh, you and I are both NFL guys as well, too. Fly, Eagles, fly. Plenty of stuff to talk about there. And we haven't even mentioned it throughout the whole show. I kind of I want to I want to pat myself on the back. Oh Marco. God! You know why? Because maybe the best game of the weekend is going to be on Monday night. The Detroit Lions mm-hmm. hosting the Las Vegas what? Raiders. What? Ted Thompson's Raider Nation folks against Sea Winds. Oh God! Detroit Lions, dude. Yes. Did you really? No, we no. got lambasted a week Stop. ago, my friend. Stop in Baltimore. And, by the way, KT and TC and you, Mark, I believe, talked about this earlier on, right, in the week discussing this tilt because of, uh, obviously, the Raiders are a team that uh, there's a lot of question marks regarding this team. There's already been, you know, discussions regarding Devontae Adams and him being upset. Now you've got Hunter Renfro allegedly looking for other options other than the Raiders to play for because he might have an a personal issue with Josh McDaniels. So my point being is that, uh, you know, yeah, there are some feathers being ruffled when it comes to Raider Nation. But the Lions did get 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 beat down by the Baltimore Ravens last week. And so they come into this matchup on Monday Night Football, Mark Hoke, all kinds of motivated. Not the best game of the week, though. I was no. out there tongue-in-cheek. Okay, you know all me. Right. I'm wearing, no. I'm sporting the Honolulu Blue Silver hat here live in studio, even though my face is sliced up because I had a little, you know, <laughs> shaving accident and you Mark Oak's laughing at me here in studio. I'm lucky there's no actual, you know, video of, of uh, you know, no, no podcast oh, you video video that. here in studio because, I, you know, you see me like bleeding like a stuffed pig earlier on. But uh, game, game, hey, game I'm is... fired up, Mark Hoke. I oh, got the team. Okay. We're here in Vegas. The Raiders coming to my my you know my home state, playing my Detroit Lions, who for the first time and forever were actually relevant in the NFL. You know, we're playing on the big stage on Monday Night Football. I'm a little gassed up. I'm not okay, going to lie to you. All okay, all right, all right. Yes, I'm looking at your game too. You got a matchup there in the NFC East, obviously, with no, the Philadelphia Eagles why, why are you taking on the Commanders. That? That's not the best game of the week either. No, I'm not That's saying garbage. it is. But it's the it's, better it's still one of the best teams in the NFC when you're talking about the Eagles playing. I, I, I get the Commanders are kind of home, but uh, it's still. I mean, the Eagles look tough this year. I'll give your team some props. I'll lay it out there. Jay, you know, Jalen Hurts is is you know sniffing around MVP territory. He's he's yeah, that guy. I mean, they're big on the you know they're big on the whole tush push thing, pushing him in the end zone, all that stuff, and. Why, you know, you know people what? have wanna, an issue with that, but I, I feel bad. John's it's still on the a phone, quality but, team. But I yeah. want—I just want to say this right now yeah. about this brotherly shove, tush push, all this garbage. Mm-hmm. All right, Jalen Hurts squats six hundred pounds, right? Yes, he's behind two All Pro linemen where he usually does the sneak. All <laughs> right, exactly. no offense to everybody. No. Now they're behind him. Yeah, they eventually get there. Mm-hmm. But Hurts is usually in by the time he even touches him for the most part. Dude, have you, um, do you know? Did you see? I forgot what game we were, I was watching this weekend. Or KT and I were watching. I think it was a Monday night game. Yeah. Where some teams were trying to pull a sneak and they couldn't do it. You know why? You because don't have the people. You don't have the you people. You don't have the personnel that can pull that off. Hurts gets that sneak almost every time because he's a. Beast. That's why <laughs> it's SportsX Radio Thank coming you. live, baby, on a Friday football fiasco. Let's go. Let's go. Let's jump out to our let's fine guest, uh, as he is the host of Bustin' Shops and Calling Shots, folks. 
jump on to X and follow them at BCCS Sports. It is uh, a brother team in Josh and John Cole. John Cole joining us here live on SportsX Radio. John, we really appreciate you spending some time. How are you, sir? Doing good, Chris. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm always pumped up as uh, it's a Friday, and uh, we got all kinds of action across the board. Uh, and whatever your taste is, right? If, if it's the NHL, the NBA, college football, the NFL, and beyond, uh, it's all kinds of action coming up here in the next few days. Yeah, this is going to be a great weekend. Uh, tonight we cashed in with the New Jersey Devils, puts us at 12-3 and three on the hockey season, so it's been a, a nice start. And even better, Chris, uh, when I come out to Vegas next time, not only do I get free dinner for the Bears covering against the Raiders, which KT bet me on the air, I get free dessert with it with the outright win of the Bears. Oh, that's solid work right there, my friend. And there's some, obviously there's some spots here where you can get some quality, top-notch, post-meal desserts, my friend, that you'll be able to line up. Oh, Ken's taking him to Steiner. Stop it. You think so? <laughs> He's got, you, you're telling me KT is going to pull out the comp card in, in this situation? I definitely hey, would pull out the comp card in this Thompson's situation. got to – hey, John Cole, he's got to unload the wallet on this. This can't be – you can't be pulling out, you know, the little Steiner's action. There's, there's, uh, a, there's Absolutely. There's a really nice <laughs> French <laughs> restaurant on a little, on a little li- tiny pond – out uh, near Steiner's. Yeah. I'll have to get the name of where you John. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. That's where you go. Well, John, you there got you a great go. start to the weekend, right? Yeah. Hey, Mr. Cole, you got a great start to the weekend, right? Tonight, as far as the winter, let's jump into this as far as tomorrow. And uh, let's go, let's go local for us. Okay. Because uh, it's a matchup that's uh, intriguing as all get out as we, and I'm talking about uh, the San Joaquin Valley, my friend, as the Fresno state Bulldogs get set to host UNLV, both these teams sitting at six and one, uh, but uh, neither one of them ranked. Uh, they got some votes to be in the top twenty-five, but not ranked. This is a uh, UNLV team, obviously coming off the win uh, in a field goal fest there at the end here at Allegiant Stadium over Colorado State uh, to to be bowl eligible for the first time, guys, since two thousand thirteen. They were in the heart of Dallas Bowl back then. Caleb Herring was their starting quarterback, uh, one of the the now color commentator on radio for, for UNLV. That's how long it's been for since UNLV, John, have been bowl eligible. But they take on a Fresno State uh, Bulldogs team that is absolutely formidable. And uh, you look at a pretty solid line here, obviously, with the Bulldogs favoring this tilt. What do you think goes down between uh, UNLV and Fresno State coming up tomorrow night? Well, I, I stayed away from this one. Though. i got to say, UNLV, such an impressive season they got going. But Fresno State is tough at home. They've taken five in a row in this series. But on the flip side of that, in the last 10, UNLV 6-4 and four ATS against Fresno. Look, uh, both teams over 400 yards worth of offense. Fresno, though, gives up about 83 yards less on defense. Um, I didn't make a play of this one. I think Fresno wins the game. Uh, but at just 8.5 is a big number, as well as UNLV's been playing. I stepped in front of them uh, twice already this year, and it bit me. So I, I don't want to step in front of the running Rebs. Speaking of a big number in the ACC, you've got the Florida State Seminoles on the road taking on Wake Forest, a Wake Forest team sitting at 4-3, and three, just 1-3 and three in the ACC. 
Uh, this is a line where Florida State's favored by almost three touchdowns in this tilt, the uh, total sitting at 52 in this game. Obviously, the Florida State Seminoles, I talked about this uh, earlier in the show, John. Uh, I was on the Seminoles last week, and I was getting ready to just uh, you know get the shredder out for my ticket. And then, of course, the fourth quarter rolled around, and Florida State found a way to uh, start scoring some points and uh, to the tilt of 21 in the fourth quarter. Obviously, FSU is going to look to continue what they did in the fourth quarter in this matchup with Wake Forest, but uh, you, you give the Demon Deacons any type of opportunity to keep this one tight with the number four team in the country. I do, actually. I mean, Florida State, I think they're going to make the college football playoff. Uh, I kind of said that before the year started, returning 10 of the 11 starters on defense. And they're just, you know, Travis has played well. But look, Wake Forest, 3-1 and one at home, okay? They're a much different team at home. They've won the last three games in this series. The line's ticked all the way up to 20-and-a-half. I think you buy the hook, lay the dollar twenty. I like Wake Forest here to cover the 21. Uh, like I said, Wake Forest has taken the last three in this meeting. Defensively, they only give up four more points a game than Florida State and only give up 22 yards more a game than Florida State. So, again, you had that ticket. You were a little scared. Florida State at home with the tomahawk chop and all that is much different uh, than a game on the road at, at the Demon Deacons. So I'll go ahead. I'll buy the hook and take the Deacons plus 21 in this one. Sticking in that neck of the woods, you got uh, the largest outdoor quad tub party going down with Georgia and Florida taking on each other in Jacksonville. Um, look, this is kind of a game that uh, should every year, right, when you're talking about two teams with so much history and uh, so much success going at it, but uh, not necessarily the case with uh, Billy Napier and his Florida Gators this year, but uh, they take on a Georgia Bulldog team with national championship aspirations, but uh, that's kind of that's uh, hurting a little bit in this matchup. Obviously, I'm talking about Bowers being out on the offensive side for Georgia. Does that give uh, any kind of uh, uh, credence for this Florida Gator team to, uh, to be able to hang with the, the number one team in the country? Well, i tell you what, I gave Graham Mertz uh, a lot of flack at the beginning of the year, but he's actually played quite well. And when I look at Georgia, you know, the first, uh, first thing I said when I saw the schedule is, man, unless Tennessee plays like they did last year, which they haven't, Georgia doesn't play anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they literally they avoid all the other good teams in the SEC. Now here with the cocktail party, uh, Georgia losing their best player. Obviously, Bowers is huge. I just haven't liked the way Georgia's looked. And it's not picking on them or anything like that. Look, you're, you're back-to-back defending national champions. But at some point in time, you take a step back, and I think that's this year. I got them on upset alert here, Chris. I think Florida can hang around, stay within the 14-and-a-half, uh, and get this game into the fourth quarter. Georgia, not your typical explosive team they've been in the past couple of years you know, lose a tight end of the draft. Now Bowers is out. They've really lived off those tight ends. I'm going to go ahead and grab the points here with the Gators in the rivalry plus 14 and a half. you got a possible spot in the ACT title game on the line in this next matchup. I'm talking about Duke and, of course, Louisville going at it. Uh, Duke uh, uncertainty, right, at uh, the quarterback position with Riley Leonard uh, being banged up there, uh, and it, it's looked at as possibly right an advantage for the Cardinals that uh, they need to get the win and the cover and to cover the spread at home. Look, this is a matchup. Uh, uh, obviously, I just mentioned uh, the Duke Blue Devils uh, 
just really taking it on the chin last week in a game that uh, they, they you know probably should have won against the number four team in the country. But uh, your thoughts as uh, as the Blue Devils uh, make the trip to Kentucky? Well, the lines ballooned what to six and a half now. Last time I looked a little bit ago. Um, that tells me Leonard's not going to play. If Leonard's not going to play, I, I really don't want any parts of Duke. Again, you take a senior-laden quarterback like that off the roster, um, they're just a much different team. Now, look, that defense, Chris, that defense is still very, very stout. Um, they're on the defensive side of the ball, what they did against Notre Dame. All that uh, is great. You know, they're only giving up 13.9 points per game. I think they make this game competitive, but I just don't. I mean, Louisville's undefeated at home. They've looked super good. Uh, this one's just a stay away for me. Joined by John Cole uh, with uh, BCCS Sports. Follow him on X, talking all things college football as we get set for uh, a loaded up uh, slate on the gridiron. Chris Wynn, Mark Hoke here, live from Vegas here, SportsX Radio, 101.5 on the FM side, and streaming on the Odyssey app here. At K Dawn. Also, another uh, interesting matchup when you're talking about, uh, I guess, uh, you know, the waning moments of the uh, Pac-12, right? <laughs> John, we're talking about. I'm talking about the Oregon State Beavers, uh, Beavers heading in and taking on the uh, Arizona Wildcats. Uh, a couple of teams, obviously, that uh, are looking to uh, to get a W in this one. But uh, I, I, you know, initially right off the bat, when I was kind of taking a look at this game, I was thinking, okay, you know, Oregon State all the way. But uh, should we be taking a look at the Wildcats in, in, this, in this spot, uh, given that uh, uh, it's a team that uh, I think it plays completely different at home than they do on the road? Yeah, Arizona's been impressive. I didn't have this game uh, written down that I was going to give out to, to all of our players. But I tell you what, uh, this afternoon, probably about two and a half hours ago, uh, I did give it out. I'm going to take Arizona plus the three and a half. They're, like you said, they're a much different team at home. But Oregon State, they're much different at home compared to on the road as well. They've had a great season. But listen, Arizona, what they did going into Washington State, um, the way they've hung around with, with USC, gave them a dogfight. I think Arizona pulls the outright upset in this one. Uh, I gave out plus three and a half with the Wildcats. Update two on the World Series, gentlemen. 5-3 still, Arizona on top, and uh, the Rangers look like they're threatening here. A couple guys on the, a couple ducks on the pond, gentlemen, on first and second for the Texas Rangers. So, uh, and full disclosure, John Cole, uh, my, and I already told Mark this and our listeners at SportsX Radio, I'm on the under on this game, so it's not looking, it's not looking pretty for me right now. Not looking pretty. Well, yeah. hey, listen, <laughs> I gave the Rangers uh, game one out as a double unit, so a three-run homer would do the body good right about now, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, joined by John Cole here, BCCS Sports here on SportsX Radio, talking some college football. Uh, Mark, you have an update on uh, obviously a big news story that's been uh, that's been uh, in the headlines here in the last couple of days. Uh, talk to us. Yeah, just real quick, um, not sports related, but apparently the main mass shooter uh, Robert Card has been found dead with an, an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. Uh, they found him by a dumpster near a recycling plant in Lisbon, Maine. Apparently, he had worked at that plant before. More details coming, but he gone. Yeah, it's good for those people in that neck of the woods, right, to put their minds at ease, knowing that uh, that the, the threat is gone, essentially. Yep. So, 
uh, good news mm-hmm. there, without question. We're joined, of course, by John Cole here from BCCS Sports. Uh, we'll take our, sec- our take our break, and uh, when we come back, how about we jump in some NFL action, right? We've got some tilts across the board, uh, both some divisional matchups and also some cross-conference matchups that are interesting that we're going to dive into as well, too, as we continue on a Friday football fiasco. It's Chris Wynn. It's Mark Hoke live from Vegas, 101.5 on the FM side and streaming on the Odyssey app. It's K-Don here in Sin City. Only when he's with me, I catch a light. Only when he gives me, makes me feel alright. Now, baby, takes the morning train. It works from nine to five, and then it takes another home again to find it waiting for him. A Friday football fiasco. Coming away live from Vegas on K Dodd, 101.5 in the FM side, streaming on the Odyssey app. Chris Wynn and Mark Hoke in for Ken Thompson as uh, Mark Hoke just coming strong with the eclectic music mix. Now, look, he posed it to me as a challenge to come up with that artist. I got to say, initially off the top of my head, Mark, come on. I was thinking Olivia Newton John. No. It's not her. No, it's, it's not, not her, is it? No. I'd have no idea. That is. Yvonne sh- Gulagon? No. She's a tennis player. I know. I, I I mixed her up with uh, the band, and it's not even but a Gulagon kind of band. You've it's lost other, me on that. It's one. Some, I know exactly, exactly. I befuddled you so much with with Sheena that, with Easton. That, oh, jeez, how did I think of that? Morning Sheena Train. Easton, I was a she was a, one of my crushes back she, in the back too. in the late eighties. She had that song, uh, "The Way of the Way You Love Me." I think it was the name of the song uh, back in nineteen eighty seven. She did that one with Prince called Sugar Walls. That was a little. She had the red dress. That was she was doing spinorama action in the video. It was top notch. John Cole, I don't know if you were a Sheena Easton fan or not back in the day. I don't even know if you were born. Or, 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 you might be a younger guy than us. I don't know if you were. Yeah, I'm a young guy. It was a little okay. before my time. <laughs> so we'll throw it at you. John Cole joining us for BCCS Sports. Uh, follow him on X at BCCS. One of the most outstanding podcast names. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, folks, when it comes to that. Uh, John, of course, uh, all kinds of action in the National Football League coming up this weekend and uh, matchups uh, both in division and also some uh, cross-conference matchups that uh, we can look forward to. One of those cross-conference matchups is in Indianapolis, as you've got two, three, and four teams going at it in the Indianapolis Colts and the New Orleans Saints. Of course, uh, we keep one eye on the New Orleans Saints out here in Las Vegas because their quarterback is now Derek Carr, there, but uh, the quarterback position has been an issue, is what I'll say, for the Indianapolis Colts so far this season. They've committed eight turnovers the past two games, and uh, Gardner Minshew is responsible for all those turnovers. The Colts kind of looking for ways, right, to minimize the giveaways so their production doesn't go to waste. You look at this game right now, and uh, New Orleans is a short favorite at uh, minus a point in this tilt. Uh, 43.5 is the total. Your thoughts regarding New Orleans heading in to Indiana? Yeah, uh, this one I stayed away from. I mean, it's bounced around, right? The Saints were minus one, then it flipped over to the Colts, and it flipped back and forth. Uh, Look, you know, Colts two and five against the spread their last seven games. And, again, Minshew hasn't really played well. The Saints got a lot of talent. They just haven't put it together. Uh, I blame a lot of that on Dennis Allen. Um, He's never really wowed me as a head coach in the National Football League. Um, you know, and I was looking at, you know, in a pick situation, a pick or underdog situation on the road in their last 32 games, the Saints are 23 and 9 
So if I had to make a bet here, I would definitely take the Saints uh, either minus one or plus one wherever it falls. Taking a look at the AFC East, obviously this is a matchup that uh, almost every other year it'd be super, we'd be super fired up about. Not necessarily the case here with the Miami Dolphins at home, sitting at 5-2, and two, taking out the Patriots at 2-5. and five. Now this is a Patriots team that, uh, from a defensive standpoint, look, they can stop the run. They've allowed you know, the fewest yards per carry in the league this season at uh, just under 3.5, despite the fact they played two games without uh, their rookie uh, Anche. Uh, the, the Miami Dolphins still lead the NFL in rushing yards per game. So this is kind of a strength-strength thing that you got going on here. Uh, this is a Miami Dolphins team that has been prolific in the first three games, or excuse me, the first three home games this season, scoring 143 points. And by the way, the Dolphins would need 57 points against the Patriots to tie the 1950 Rams for the most points in a team's first four home games this season. Big factor to me in this game is going to be Miami's offensive line, but got to get your thoughts, John, as the Dolphins sit at uh, a uh, nine-point favorite in this game, the total sitting at four at uh, 46 between New England and Miami. Yeah, the Dolphins' running game, to your point, Chris, has just been uh, yeah. been unbelievable. You know, they're 8-2 and two against the spread their last two, 10 games overall, and in their last 21 as a home favorite, 15-5-1, they've been red hot now. The defense with Vic Fangio, that hasn't really did what I thought it would do. Obviously, there's been some injuries there. There was a hint that maybe Ramsey making an appearance. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, and look, everybody's going to kind of start to lean with the Patriots because of that win against Buffalo last week. But they're 1-4 in four on the road their last five games, and they're 3-13 and 13 against the spread their last 16 as an underdog. New England's never played well in Miami, going all the way back to the Brady days. I'm not a guy that lays nine very often, if ever. Um, but if I had to make a play here, I would definitely lay the nine with the Dolphins. I think they can get the Patriots by two scores here. John Cole joining us from BCCS Sports here on SportsX Radio on a Friday football fiasco with Chris Wynn and Mark Hoke breaking down all things NFL coming up this weekend. Another one of those cross-conference matchups between the NFC and AFC as the Cleveland Browns head to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Both these teams 4-2. and two. i got to be honest, John, I don't even know how the Cleveland Browns are sitting at 4-2. and two. Obviously, yeah. we're talking about their defense. I'm with you. But that being said, uh, obviously with Deshaun Watson back on the sidelines with this team because of that shoulder injury, that means P.J. Walker will make his second start of the year. To say that P.J. Walker has not been stellar is an understatement. He's got three picks, zero touchdowns, and a 50% completion rate while filling in for Deshaun Watson this season. But he did quarterback the Browns, is the way I'll put it, I guess, right, to a 19-17 win over the unbeaten 49ers in Week 6. Uh, meanwhile, when you're talking about this uh, Seattle Seahawks team, running back Kenneth Walker, six rushing touchdowns this season. The last Seahawks player to record at least seven rushing touchdowns in the team's first six or seven games of the season. Sean Alexander back in 2005 with 12 oh, rushing touchdowns God. there, right? So uh, taking a look at this matchup, right, John? Uh, Seahawks uh, kind of a short favorite here at, at uh, minus three in the hook. The total sitting at 38 but uh, I got to say, I mean, first thing that comes to my mind, Mr. Cole, in this matchup is defense when you have the Cleveland taking on Seattle. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's really hard to get behind P.J. I mean, the Browns' defense has really carried them, though they didn't play that great last week. Um, but, you know, for the Browns, they are 7-2 and two against the spread in their last nine as a road underdog of 3.5 to 10 points. So that fits the bill here. 
However, on the flip side, that one and four ATS in their last five road games overall, Chris. But listen, I can't lay points with Geno Smith either, right? I know everybody said, you know, Seattle, if they win this, San Francisco was to lose, Seattle would be leading the division. And it's kind of like your comment about the Browns, how, right? So I just don't like either one of these teams. I don't trust either one of them. Uh, I can see this being a 20 to 17, 17, 13 kind of game. I do think it'll be low scoring. Uh, due to the defenses, but I just stayed away from this one. I mean, there's a. I mean, if you bet this game, you're a really bored individual. AFC tilt going down in the Steel City as Pittsburgh hosts Jacksonville. The Jaguars five and two. Steelers sitting at four and two in this matchup. Jaguars two and a half point favorite in this tilt. Forty one. The total Jags. I mean, John, let's face it, it's one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL, almost giving up two thousand yards already this season and even though they gave up what 300 passing yards to Derek Carr last week uh you know uh, on, on the plus side you know you get a, a Lunkin with his you know his first ever pick six in his career in meantime on the Pittsburgh side of things you want to talk about sluggish passing offenses uh you're talking about Pittsburgh right an offense that has uh, just over you know 1100 passing yards on the season and five passing touchdowns the jury is still out on Kenny Pickett as be- being a franchise quarterback uh, I expect uh, you know Travis Etienne Jr. to be a major factor in this tilt yeah, he's a guy that's rushed for multiple touchdowns for four con- for the for his fourth consecutive game he's the first player to do so since LaDainian Tomlinson back in 2006 and uh, look uh, the Steelers are playing man coverage on on almost half of drop dropbacks which is the uh, you know is basically middle of the road in the NFL what do you think about this matchup between Pittsburgh and Jacksonville coming up on Sunday. Well, Chris, I'll save you the suspense, buddy. <laughs> Kenny Pickett ain't a franchise quarterback. Um, but, however, with that being said, uh, Steelers 22-6-3 against the spread, their last 31 as a home underdog. Um, and then on top of that, they're 8-2 and two against the spread in their last 10 overall. Now, Jacksonville, they've been road warriors, right? 7-0 mm-hmm. against the spread, their last seven road games. I really think when it's all said and done, I said this at the beginning of the year, I think Jacksonville's in the AFC Championship game. I think they're about two years away from making an appearance in the Super Bowl. I love the Peterson-Lawrence combination. To your point, though, Chris, and it was very good, that defense is atrocious, right? So in Pittsburgh, I would expect, again, Kenny Pickett, he's not a franchise quarterback, but Pittsburgh's got a lot of weapons, right? The receiver core, Fryermuth, uh, Harris out of the backfield, like, they should be able to move the ball on Jacksonville. Uh, I really like Pittsburgh here in either a six-point teaser, taking them up to eight, or a seven-pointer, taking them up to nine. Either or I can get down with. Um, but I even lean Pittsburgh plus the points on this one. I think they have a chance of a high chance of breaking the Jaguars' win streak and win this one outright, Chris. Monday night tilt in the Motor City. The Lions sitting at 5-2, and two, take on the Las Vegas Raiders at 3 and four after a thirty-eight to six blowout loss at Baltimore last week, you can expect the Lions are going to be amped up to try to kind of right the ship. Uh, Jared Goff has uh, been uh, sensational all the way up until 
that game in Baltimore where he failed to throw a touchdown pass the first time all season long. It looks like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be back as the signal caller for the Las Vegas Raiders. Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. I mean, this guy has to get going if if Las Vegas is going to have any type of production whatsoever. He will have to have his first 100-yard rushing game, I think, since December 4th, John, 2022. We're talking about a stretch of 12 games. This is a Raider team that offensively, I just don't know what their identity is. It doesn't seem like, uh, and by the way, that's saying a lot considering your coach is Josh McDaniels. It's supposed to be an offensive team. But uh, that being said, I uh, think a matchup that's going to be fun to watch is going to be that Penny Sewell Max Crosby matchup, right? Strength on strength when you're talking about the right tackle for the Lions and Max Crosby for the Raiders. But what are your anticipation here with Detroit? A solid favorite at 8.5 in this till, 46 the total from Ford Field. Well, listen, after that performance Detroit had against Baltimore, right, you would think Detroit, and then they get the Raiders on top of it, a team that just lost at Chicago. You think, hey, the Lions, they should roll on Monday night. That place is going to be electric in Ford Field on Monday night football, right? Um, And all that seems to play there. But the problem with that, Chris, is and, and something that scares me is everybody thinks that, right? Less than 15% of the handle, according to DraftKings, and less than 11% of the bets right now on the Raiders. The whole world is on the Lions. I get it. Uh, they're a really good football team, 24-9 and nine against the number, actually, in their last 33. Uh, overall, they, they've played really well. But listen, uh, in their 16-5 and five against the spread, their last 21 home games, I just stayed away. I think the Lions should take care of business here. Uh, I would call it my square play of the week, right? Your your cup of joe, you know, what's an easy play? You try to get a win. Uh, to me, a little money line parlay, Dallas, Chargers, and Lions, all three teams that are far superior. But as far as playing this, you know, minus eight, Detroit should take care of business here. But listen, when there's less than 15% of the money going that way and Vegas is, isn't moving the number, I just want no parts of that. Mark Hoke, John brings up that atmosphere in the Motor City. You can just see it, right? You can see Dan Campbell on the sidelines frothing at the mouth. Those rowdy Lion fans, it's a rare spot. You know, look, this is the first year really we're starting. We have a real shot at winning. So this is uh, we're, us, us Detroit fans, we're getting amped up, my I, friend. You know, I have a feeling the oil, oil barrels are going to be lighting up in the parking lot. That's a possibility. You know, you know we we know we, we tend to get, we tend to get out of hand a little bit. You know, everybody with during their, celebrations you know, in the Motor City. You know, with the, the the cut finger gloves. You know, and you know, and a, little, a couple of nice comfortable scarves. You know, sitting outside. You know, rubbing the hands together and saying, "Oh my God, it's Monday Night Football. What's going on? This is this doesn't feel right." You know, but. You got him. You guys you got imagine him. if they had, can you guys imagine if they had granted Dan Campbell's wishes and had a live line on the sidelines what that place would be like Monday night? I got to say as, as a uh, as a lifelong Lion fan John, you know, since night since the late 1970s, you know, go I go back to the Gary Danielson, you know, uh, you know, Billy Sims days. That would be outstanding if they find some way legally to do it, right? To get a live lion on the sideline, I, I would love it. You guys, I, obviously, you know, I say that tongue in cheek because it's not going to happen. Yeah, you guys are hey, going all, all you're yeah. going all Flint tropics here. Exactly. 
you know, from semi-pro. Right, and the NFL, the NFL turned them down. I mm. think they, the NFL should grant it, and if the Lions lose, Dan Campbell should have to wrestle the Lion at midfield. That's, oh, now that's really a semi-pro reference That there. is absolute. That's spot on to, to, to Will Ferrell right there. Do Jackie Moon-esque right there. I love it. He's just, <laughs> it's right there. He's John Cole. Uh, he, along with his brother Josh, they host an uh, outstanding name for a, for a podcast, by the way. Bust and Chops and Calling Shots. Follow him on X at BCCS Sports. John, how can uh, the public out there follow you as far as your website and uh, also a great promo, right, for the public? Yep, bccssports.com, or you can email me. I always love talking to, to gamblers and handicappers. J-O-N at bccssports.com. But right now, if you go to the website, click on the weekly, put in the promo code HALFTIME with a capital H, you get a week for $49. That's everything. NFL, college football, uh, Major League Baseball, which we're 48 games over going into tonight, along with hockey, which we're 12-3 and to start, NBA and college hoops, which starts up soon, uh, where we were 51 games over 500 in college hoops last year. So really excited about that coming up. John, we appreciate your time. Have an outstanding weekend, sir, and we'll talk to you again soon, okay? God bless, guys. Have a good one. Yes, sir. There he is, John Cole. Bustin' Chops. That's just outstanding. Podcast names, right? Mark Hope, got to love them. It's not bad. You can, go, you can go down the creative, go into creative territory without question. <laughs> you were painting such an incredible picture. There. I was. Hey, that's that's what I do. Sometimes I'll, I'll pull one out of my backside every now and then, my friend. Let's it's get tropical. I can do. Let's, Let's get, get tropical. Yes. I love that movie. Oh, by the way, I was born in Flint, Michigan, you're, so you're, I have a little uh, – that even adds more to my love for that movie. You're a jive turkey. And, and I actually was wearing a Flint tro- – uh, no, excuse me. I went to the you know the three-on-three basketball final, the Ice Cube League that they had here in Vegas mm-hmm. at the MGM Grand Garden Arena, and I took a picture with two fans who were wearing Flint Tropics tank tops. Yeah. Yes, it was outstanding. Underrated movie. If you're a yeah. sports fan – Obviously, listening to the show. You haven't ever watched Semi-Pro. It's Friday night. It's Nevada Day. Great night to watch Semi-Pro. I'm telling you. Will Will Ferrell basketball movie, top-notch. It's a Friday football fiasco coming your way live from Vegas here. SportsX Radio 101.5 on the FM side. K-Dawn also streaming live on the Odyssey app update on the World Series. Still 5-3. Texas Rangers were threatening. Had guys on base. But then a uh, pop-out to the catcher, Mark Hoke. It uh, dashed their uh, their bid to cut into the lead. So still 5-3 in Game 1 of the World Series. On the other side of the break, John Sosowski is going to join us to talk some more college football, some NFL and beyond. I'm going to try to bounce off a couple other topics with him as well, too, as we continue on your Friday night. That doesn't put you in a good mood on a Friday football fiasco. I don't know what does, Mark Hoke. That's top notch as it comes, my friend. And uh, I think, hey, look, Andre Three Thousand was a baller in that movie. The, the oh, guy yeah. could could play some hoops. He had the serious seventies fro going too. Coffee black, yeah. Back in my birth city of Flint, Michigan, the Tropics, oh, this one is of the a- premier teams in the ABA. That you know what's you know what's funny? It's like the, it's like the comedy uh, spot with Eddie Murphy where he's like, you know, that stuff's real. You know, he's talking about the uh, Rocky movie. When yeah. He walks into the Rocky movie. You know, yeah. 
the Flint Trot- they were a real team, right? In the ABA. I mean, come on, <laughs> right there with the San Antonio Spurs and the Indiana Pacers and the, the you know and the Denver Nuggets. They the, were it's the Flint Tropics. The movie right just team. kills me. I mean, there's so many funny <laughs> scenes in that movie. I I think the one that I like best is probably the argument with Father Pat about his mom. That was that was solid. just look it up on YouTube. But I can't I can't say I can't go through it because well there's some profanities in there. But great stuff. Uh just a funny, funny movie. But you know, high intensity basketball too. You'll love it. I'd be willing to wager our next guest, Jonathan Sassalis. He, he might he might be a, a fan of that movie as well, too. Let's find out. Let's find out. Uh the sister joining us here on Sports X Radio. Jonathan Sasowski uh does a great job over at Eight News Now here in Las Vegas and uh he can he can break down some college pigskin folks and college basketball as well too. Jonathan, we appreciate you spent some time on a Friday football fiasco, sir. How are you? Chris Wynn. I haven't talked to you in a while. How the hell are you, man? It's been like great, it. man. Yeah, I think this is actually the first time on Vegas media we've actually had an interaction, right? This is the first time we actually interviewed Jonathan uh, Mark Hoke. This okay. time ever. I think, I think you're right. This is like, because before it's always like we're exchanging like the good old friendly uh, Twitter banner back and forth when it comes to like college, the world, you name it. It's, it's all, we're, let's just say that we're Twitter rocket scientists. A hundred percent. Always bouncing stuff off back and forth office. And thankfully for you, my friend, I'm not giving you my picks, Mark Oak. I'm not giving it to him because the Sistler's solid this year. You are 23. You're a solid 10 games over 500, sir, with your picks. You don't have C-win-esque picks because I already pointed out to Mark Hoke and uh, the listeners on SportsX Radio here that I have the uh, the under in this baseball game, although I am uh, – I'm, I've got nine lives. I've got a cat's nine lives right now, as Mark Hoke pointed out. Yeah, Chris, as it sits on eight in this, yeah, in this right, baseball game. Right now, it's like is it when five Chris three right now. Yeah, still five three in this game. Yeah, right now it's like Chris Wynn is playing Lucky Seven on uh, Price is Right, and he 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 said five, <laughs> and the number was zero, and he's got the last three to go, still sitting on the dollar. You know. Oh, you have, hey, if there's a, if there's an in game out there with uh, nine and a half. I think you know where I'm going with that, buddy. I can see, see I can see you working already, my friend. It's coming, it's coming strong. Uh, <laughs> let's take a look at some of this college slate here as we as we wind down SportsX Radio. A matchup in uh, in in Texas as the Longhorns, number six in the country, taking on BYU. Quinn Ewers, of course, out for this football game. That means Malik Murphy is going to be uh, in the mix there. Obviously, they're going to look to the likes of uh, the ground game, right, with Baxter and Brooks in this matchup. But uh, Jonathan, I can expect. That in this matchup, it's going to be kind of a knockdown, drag out kind of fight between BYU and the Longhorns with Texas, a 17 and a half point favorite in this tilt. I agree. If you look at the line, too, Chris, it is shot up to 19 and a half. Some places, I think I, think I saw 20. So you got the Sharps coming in there. And, and on top of that, you said it. It's going to be a ground and pound game. We know Texas is physical. BYU is physical, too. The one thing why Texas needs to be careful in this game, since that loss to Oklahoma, Texas's pass defense, they've given up, you ready for this? Yeah. 663 yards, Oklahoma and Houston combined the last two games. And then we could even make an argument that if it weren't for the, the officials with a horrific spot in that Cougars game, Texas might have been on the ropes. But they won. So Texas, they're going to write – Brooks and Baxter, like you said. But we look at BYU. The one thing we're not forgetting here, who's the quarterback for BYU? It's Keaton Slovis. Yep. He's got a lot of Power 5 experience going back to USC and Pitt. 
BYU also has a running back, also an L.J. Martin that could also eat up a lot of yards. So BYU, they're going to play keep away here. And Texas is going to do the same thing as Malik Murphy. I'm looking at the under on this game, but I do like BYU catching 18 and a half, 19. And this is the time we did it. We forget this is other teams' Super Bowls trying to knock off these powers that are contending for these uh, potential uh, college football playoff spots. And speaking of which, that's another matchup also, right, in the Big 12 in Lawrence as the Kansas Jayhawks get set to host number 6 Oklahoma. This is a Sooners team absolutely with national championship you know, uh, aspirations, and the Jayhawks would like nothing less than to uh, put, a, you know, put a big wet towel all over that. Fun <laughs> when you take a look at the quarterbacks, right? You've got dual threats kind of guys and Dylan Gabriel and Jaden Daniels in this matchup who missed last year's game, by the way, uh, due to injury and uh, – uh, Jason Bean ended up going out there uh, and throwing for 265 and four TDs. Yeah. Uh, also, quick note also, Oklahoma was in, uh, because I've covered UCF for years, I had one eye on that football game. UCF uh, almost pulled the, the upset card on Oklahoma last week yeah. in that 31-29 game. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, by the way, a former UCF quarterback, now at Oklahoma. But uh, I think, uh, uh, I think you th- Sissler, I think you think this is uh, absolutely a game where Kansas can make this. A, a, a solid tilt. Yeah, I think Kansas is going to cover the nine. I'm going to come out and say it. And last year, when these two teams play, they're shootouts, Chris. Yeah. Last year was a 52 to 42 Oklahoma win, and Jason Bean two five four touchdowns. I expect the same. Even though Mother Nature is going to be is predicting a game time scattered showers. I think uh, last time I checked on the weather forecast, it's like 40 or. Uh, 40% chance of rain or 50% chance of rain throughout the day. Not going to be heavy, but it's going to be like periodic through the game. I don't think it's going to matter because both defenses, uh, you know, Oklahoma, they're pretty strong, but they're also statistically probably facing the best dual threat quarterback they've seen on the schedule this year. UCF Plumlee last week gave him, gave him a lot of trouble. Jaden Daniels can make plays with his feet, can make all the throws. So can Gabriel. I like Kansas covering. One possession game, and I do like this total to go over the 60, despite what Mother Nature might be doing periodically through this game. We love talking college pigskin with him. He's Jonathan Sasowski. Uh, follow him at Sasow77, baby, over on X. Uh, this, this, this guy does it all, man. Journalist, lax <laughs> official, uh, does a tremendous job over the 8 News Now over there, Mark Hoke. And, uh, yeah, he knows his college pigskin, my friend. You, hey, you do too, buddy. Hey, we all do. Everybody in the studio tonight and on the airways, we all know what we're talking about. That's where we're here. Hey, we appreciate the time, Jonathan. I know we're up against it from a time standpoint, but to have a great weekend, and we will get a chance to uh, chat again soon, all right, my friend? You got it. Go Rebels too, man. Take, get the Rebels going over Fresno State tomorrow, guys. Go Rebs. Keep those winning ways, right, when you're talking UNLV, Mark Hoke? They're yeah. already bowl eligible. Why not? There's still like a handful of games left in the season, and they're going to be going bowling somewhere. Hopefully it's not one of those early December bowl games, right? We don't want the weedwhacker.com, you know, .org bowl. We want some bowl that actually has a name that they, people are going to actually watch. They run the table, New Year's yeah. Day Bowl. Yeah. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to John just, Cole just who joined us from BC. Dreaming, but just saying. Thanks to Jonathan Sosowski. Thanks to Chris Wierenski as well, too. And thanks to Mark Hope, not only co-hosting the show, but making us sound good as well, too, here on KDON. 101.5 on the FM side. Stream it all over the Odyssey app, folks. Every weekday, 6 to 8 p.m. here. 
check us out on SportsX Radio with Ken Thompson. Everybody have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon.